Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. likely won't have any sports. I'm rooting for what's most effed up. That's what I want to see happen. And for the NFL, here's what I want. I want the season canceled. And since you got no season, you got no standings. Since you got no standings, you got no draft order. Since you got no draft order, you got to have a lottery for the draft order. Like the NHL did when the Penguins got sick. Oh, my God, Malcolm Jenkins said something stupid. Can't wait to get to that. Any hoodles. Like the NHL did when the Pens got Sid. So, New England wins that lottery. That's what I want. New England wins the lottery. The Patriots draft Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson. And they go from Brady to Lawrence with maybe one season to Cam Newton in between. And the Patriots win more Super Bowls. That would be awesome. You know what the snag might be? Lawrence might not sign when Belichick asks him to cut his hair. Captain Nemo brought you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Okay, uh, Malcolm Jenkins is just a piece of trash. The New Orleans safety. And and when he says stuff like this, he's being more divisive than ever. Like I said, and I'm going to speak very plainly here. We've now identified that the problem isn't right versus wrong or good versus evil. It's black versus white. That's what the problem is. And Malcolm Jenkins, the Saints safety, threw fuel onto that fire. And you'll recall he ripped Drew Brees a new one for saying he'd stand for the anthem. Malcolm Jenkins now says that anti-Semitism from other NFL players isn't his problem and detracts from black social justice issues. Okay, so the anti-Semitism isn't your problem. Why are the black social justice issues my problem then? You wanted them to be Drew Brees' problem. If the anti-Semitism isn't your problem, tell me why the black social justice issue should be my problem. If anybody else can explain that to me on behalf of Malcolm Jenkins, I'd love to hear it. But for him to say that is totally tone deaf, or maybe it's just him telling the truth. Because this fight ain't good versus bad. It ain't evil versus uh, wrong versus right. It's just, it it just saddens me. It saddens me. Because all y'all recall, I was with Kaepernick. I've been with Black Lives Matter. I, I 
was anti the cops and always have been about the way they treat black people. But now I'm told unless it involves black people, it's not a black person's problem. Okay, so tell me why it should be my problem again. Tell me very plainly why it should be my problem. Because you know what? You can't. You can't tell me. Every time I get pulled left, they keep pushing me back right. Let's go to Jim in the van. Jim, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. This is about the NFL schedule, if this pandemic keeps going on. Now, you said before, earlier, that there's too many games in anything. And these guys are all professional football players. They've been playing football all their life. And I know if you've been off for four or five months, you come back on your A game. Couldn't they do something like a double elimination in a tournament-style thing? No, that's stupid, but thank you for the call. Uh, Malcolm Jackett, here's the quote from his uh, Instagram. Uh, Jewish people aren't our problem when we aren't their problem. Let's not lose focus on what the problem truly is, and that's that black lives still don't matter in this country. Push this energy toward arresting and evicting the killers of Breonna Taylor and burning systemic racism to the ground. Well, when you're anti-Semitic... That's racism, okay? When Deshaun Jackson says what he said and Steven Jackson says what he said, that's racism. So you want to eliminate racism toward black people, but you don't care about any other racism. That's what you're telling me. As this article uh, on Outkick.com, and I know that's a a right-wing website, uh, comments, Jenkins' overall message was hypocritical in the broader quest for social equality. Conversations about racial equality are not mutually exclusive with conversations about why it's problematic to invoke Hitler and praise the anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan. 412-333-9939. Let's go to Dan in the car. Dan, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Um, So just to comment on the uh, Malcolm Jenkins thing, um, it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, I feel like um, invoking anti-Semitism right now is kind of di- distracting from the Black Lives Matter Invoking movement. anti-Semitism at any time is anti-Semitism, and it is not to be tolerated even a little bit. Agree, a hundred percent. But on the same, on the, by the same token, that's the same as going to say um, uh, uh, uh anti-cancer 5k and no that's saying, just that's just an absurd false equivalency can you do better or should i hang up no i can do better okay so, i doubt it but try <laughs> i appreciate it so um that's on one hand but on the other hand i do understand that like all minorities whether it's racial or religious or cultural need to stick together that's why the unions are actually striking right now for black lives matter because it's it's all about standing up for one another right now. And so- Apparently it's not. Apparently it's not, because Malcolm Jenkins just said that anti-Semitism isn't his problem. Right. And no, and that's definitely, that's definitely a problem. You see, and, and explain uh, this to me, and I'll ask you the question I asked a minute ago. Okay. If anti-Semitism isn't Malcolm Jenkins' problem, explain to me why Black Lives Matter is my problem. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with that, that, that point. That and here's made. the thing. I feel like Black Lives Matter is my problem. I feel like it's everybody's problem, but this guy is rubbing in our faces that he doesn't care about anything but Black Lives Matter. 
Yeah, no, and and I a hundred percent agree. The fact that like to say that right now, uh, you said it correctly when you said that it's it's nothing but divisive in a time when we need all hands on deck to be. Inclusive. Well, and that just goes to show you that a guy like Malcolm Jenkins doesn't get it at all, and should be yeah. far from a spokesman for Black Lives Matter. Then again, how many athletes criticized Deshaun Jackson by name in the wake of what he said? I got one, Cam Hayward, and he soft-pedaled it. Yeah, and having a platform doesn't make you a good spokesman. It just means you have a platform, and he chose to take it. It just means you better pick your words carefully. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call, Mark. Thank Thank you for the call. 412-333-9930. You know, I'd love to get away from topics like this, and it's just impossible. That's why we need games. But Malcolm Jenkins is a scumbag. He's a, you know, is he a racist? I don't know. Some evidence is trickling in, though, isn't it? Uh, The Jews aren't our problem. But Black Lives Matter has to be everybody's problem. That's what he's saying. And at the very least, it makes no sense. It's utterly illogical. It's not how you win people over. And if you don't want people won over, then don't complain when they're not. Got a bunch of calls coming in. We got Army talking hockey at the bottom of the hour. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. We have Colby Armstrong on at the bottom of the hour. We're going to try to get some Penguin talk going uh, right now. I asked earlier, which is the Penguins' third line? Because they really have two third lines. But which line should get more minutes? Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, and Tanev? Or McCann between Marlowe and Hornquist? I'm being very presumptive about these lines, but... uh, I can also read the writing on the wall. Uh, I tend to think the McCann line gets more even strength minutes, but uh, Bluger and Tanev get a bunch of PK minutes. And, uh, again, don't sleep on Zach Aston Reese because I think he contributes far beyond goals and assists. I also talked earlier about the potential goalie matchup in the first round. Well, the definite goalie matchup, Murray versus Price. And uh, both had seasons that that they wouldn't be proud of. I think Price could outplay Murray, but not enough to close the gap between the two teams. Uh, Goalie starts becoming a concern. uh, And, boy, that came out wrong. Murray's not a weakness. He's a bit of a question mark after the season he had. I mean, .899 save percentage, under 90%, that doesn't lie. But uh, Murray versus Rask might, might worry me. Murray versus Vasilevsky... I mean, Vasilevsky's good, but who'd he ever beat? Uh, Holtby and Samsonov from Washington. That's why I want to play the Flyers in the second round. I think Carter Hart, who's never played a, a, a playoff game, then again, neither did Murray when he won a Stanley Cup in 16. But uh, I don't feel like that's a bad matchup for the Penguins at any level, in goal and, and all over both depth charts. So I'd love to get hockey talk going, 412-333-WXDX. Uh, I always marvel with the minutia that becomes very important to talk about on Twitter. Case in point, everybody's wondering where Keone, Kayla, and Cabrian Hayes are. First off, we were lied to by the pirate media, who said everybody was there when camp started. Those two have not been seen on the field, and now it's leaked out that Kayla is not with the team. I, I guess he's sitting out. If, if he's not sitting out, and he's not there, well, then he hasn't. Same with Cabrian Hayes, I figure, but he's not sitting out. He might not even make the team. 
But the bottom line is, who cares if those guys show up because they're going to stink with or without them? And that's just fact. Another debate on Twitter. What are we going to do if we don't have pit football? Well, watch something else. Uh, I've always approached Pittsburgh sports in this fashion on, on this program, which finished ninth in it. I mean, I'm sorry, not ninth. Ninth, boy, that'd be embarrassing. Not ninth, but second in the coveted male 25 to 54 demographic. Ain't no coach going to be asking me to bring my playbook. And one way I've, I've been so great, aside from being incredibly charismatic, all that counts are the Steelers and Penguins. Steelers and Penguins in whatever the issue of the day may be. That's what matters. The Pirates and Pitt Athletics are a niche interest in Pittsburgh right now. You might not like it, but it's true. The Pirates and Pitt Athletics are a niche interest, and that's all. Let's go to uh, Neil in Butler. Neil, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. How you doing? What up? Um, a couple things about hockey. Uh, I, I think the special teams obviously will play a huge part, especially if Russ has to kill a lot of penalties. I think then you might see Marlowe or Hornquist play spot on the second line. Um, whether you call the third line, the fourth line, the fourth line. The Not Marlowe. Marlowe's the left wing, period. Uh, maybe sometimes okay. the center. But uh, but Rusty can play a lot of minutes. He's in good shape, and he's a, a fleet skater. You never know about special teams in the playoffs, Neil. They could be a big factor, but what if penalties don't get called? I'm curious to see what the officiating is like coming cold into a resumption and every game's a playoff game right away. Yeah, they typically uh, the whistle goes in the pocket. No, no, not not necessarily, but but not necessarily not. I'm just curious to see. Let's go to Phil in Castle Shannon. Phil, you're on with Mark. Hey, what's going on, Mark? What up? I just kind of wanted to comment on the whole Deshaun Jackson uh, Twitter rant. Um, I, I tend to agree with what you said. It it was stupid, no matter how you look at it. But it, it it worked against what he was going for, too. If he really wanted to shine a light on racism against black people, you can't talk about that and, and then brush anti-Semitism under the rug. Right, I mean, because, because there are very few, um, if you want to call it a race or a religion, whatever, there are very few people who have known the oppression of black people the Jews have. Yeah. Not in this right, country exactly. necessarily, but the Jews have. Yeah, you look in history, I mean, they've um, pretty much for all time have had a lot of racism against them. I mean, they were almost exterminated during World War II. So, and, and really, it, it's not even just the you know, Jewish people and black people. It's everybody. You can't talk about racism of one culture and then ignore racism of another. If you it's don't care about stuff. any people being, if you don't care about certain people being oppressed, then don't expect me to care about about anybody being oppressed. And, you know, I'm at the point now where I've never been a racist and I have supported Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter, and listeners to this show know that. But after seeing what the Jacksons said and what Malcolm Jenkins said, maybe it's just not my problem. And maybe I'm foolish for acting like it is. Right. Right, exactly. I mean, seriously, I'm a guy who supported Kaepernick. I've supported Black Lives Matter. I have always talked, always talked about the way the police treat people of color in this country. 
And now I'm being told, well, this is the only fight that matters. Well, okay, then it's your fight. Good luck. Right, right. Yeah, it's got to be across the board. You can't just talk about one. And then uh, there's there's been no real huge backlash, uh, at least that I've seen from the Oh, there's series. been no huge backlash to Deshaun Jackson. There's been no huge backlash to Steven Jackson. There's been no huge backlash yet to Malcolm Jenkins. And uh, that, that, that says something. Let's go to uh, Greg in Brentwood. Greg, very quickly, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, hope you're doing well. Congrats on your team winning. Um, Thank you. I feel like this country's slowly descending into chaos. But uh, on a lighter note, hockey may be coming back, and you were talking about the lines. And I was thinking, I was looking on paper, what do you think about, I mean, I know they're not going to start with this because you got to start with what's familiar, but what about Tanov, McCann, and Hornquist as a third line? I mean, that looks insanely impossible to play against. Yeah, but then uh... – Tan of Hornquist and, and McCann, then you're dropping Marler to the fourth line. That's just not going to happen. And Tan of mm. on the fourth line facilitates him being free for a lot of minutes of penalty killing, which he's very instrumental doing. Yeah, that's very insightful. I just I feel like you cannot give that guy enough ice time. But I guess when you go 100, you know what's weird though. Uh, you know what's weird though. What? If you just let Tan of play the minutes he should, especially with the PK, he winds up playing more than enough minutes. And don't forget. Even though his tank seems like it could never be emptied, you don't want to wear him out either because once he's worn out, he's not half as useful. He's not one-tenth as useful. Up next, more hockey talk. I like it. With former Penguin Colby Armstrong, he's just around the corner on 105.9. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The 105.9. Joining me now, he is a former Penguin. You hear his hockey analysis on AT&T Sportsnet and the NHL and NBC Sports. Always a pleasure to talk to Colby Armstrong Army. Which line is better? McCann Hornquist and Marlowe or Bluger, Aston Reese, and Tanev? Which line should get more minutes? Well, I think we'll see it uh, split up a lot differently than I think maybe if you're comparing certain tangible five on five minutes to certain special team minutes. I could see I could see that um, that Bluger line eating up quite a few minutes. I think one a, a nice checking role for them five on five and seeing some decent minutes there, but also their penalty kill ability as well, where they'll, they'll, they'll see majority of the time, all three of those guys on the kill. So, you know, I think, I think the pressure is on that McCann line, obviously to produce offensively, um, you know, and, and kind of be that line that has the ability to be a difference maker type of line. You look at the way McCann can shoot the puck, um, Hornquist's, gr- Hornquist's grit and ability around the net and Marlowe's ability to play a 200-foot style hockey game. Um, there'll be some definite pressure on them. Listen, Mark, I think, I think that Bluger line will surprise a lot of people with the way things start off. Like, I, I just, I find it, uh, in, in my head, I just, I'm drawing on experience of, you know, being a little rusty, jumping into playoff hockey, I would say, like, that's unheard of, right? But at the same time, the lines that are, are straight line, the lines that work hard, the lines of attention to detail, uh, checking-wise, creating turnovers. So 
some of those lines that are a little more gritty or grinder style lines uh, may find success a little bit earlier, I guess, in this, in this, you know, uh, COVID-19 playoff format. Yeah. The COVID cup, uh, it's going to be unusual. That's for certain. <laughs> uh, now, now we've talked a lot about the power play on the program, which is a cliche topic, but it was middle of the road. It converted 20% in the regular season. Who should be on the Penguins power play army and where should they play with all that talent? It's harder to put together, perhaps, than it should be. Yeah, it's harder, and maybe, you know, there may be a, a little bit of a battle, maybe not. I mean, if you look at Hornquist and Gensel in certain positions, right, especially on that top unit, like, who do you want in front of the net? Uh, you know, Hornquist's ability to stay net front and battle and be a pest, or kind of Gensel's, set, like, sweet touch, uh, and, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit more crafty, I would say, skill-wise, uh, in that department, even if he has to pop out into the high slot, which is a totally different look than what Hornquist would give, where maybe he's better, you know, five to ten feet around that net, where he's, no, I don't think anyone on the team can um, do what he does. So, you know, I think when you look at it in, in those in those situations, um, you're going to have to you're going to have to you know play it by ear. I think I think it's going to be, you know, with the way practices are running right now, and you know, way camp is going to shape out, and they're going to get a look at some. Uh, guys in certain spots and I mean you've got to hit it hot right off the start so it's it's got to be a gut feeling on what you're the way you want your units to look the way guys fit in on those certain units but I have a hard time with you know not not seeing Sid Gino Gensel um, you know Rusty fared fairly well in that kind of Kessel position that we're used to seeing coming up down that other side Um, you know is he there or not with with having everyone healthy which we haven't seen basically and virtually all season long but um and i also got to think just to start things off you're going to see latang up at the top yeah i i agree with with what you said army and uh i've seen some people propose to put sid in the kessel spot for lack of a better option but i just don't I like want... him there well i, like him there, I think he could do it army but here's the problem you're taking him away from down low and eliminating mm-hmm. that touch around the net and that's what he's best at. He could handle it, but you you're playing what? away from his strength. You know what? I've said it. I've said it all the time when, um, you know, if you have the option to put him on that offside, because he's got that ability, fake shot, cross scene pass. Like, no one really does it better than him. And unfortunately, when you get stuck in a position where someone's looking at Sid and saying, you know, his deflection ability is like no other in and around down by the side of the net, his ability to, you know, find those scenes, which we've seen him make passes through to the back door guy coming in, um, you know, no one else does it like him in that situation as well. So I, I think they prefer to see that in and around the net and those scoring opportunities, those playmaking opportunities to have that, those kinds of skills and, you know, the Crosby quality down in and around that area. But I, I love the option of him being able to go, go across. I like that. I see other teams doing it, you know, to bring it up. Maple Leafs have used it last year, not so much this year. Uh, since they made the coaching change, but uh, with Matthews and Marner and offsides where they're able to attack and still make those crossing passes, those backdoor shot tip passes, drop a backhand pass on the off wing back to the defender. Um, you know, it's a little different if you have a righty up top, but at the same time, the, the creativity and the ability for Sid to attack, shoot, and make plays off that offside. I've always said a, I've really liked that option. And, put, and then you can have Hornquist down there. You can put Gensel down in that low spot as well, who's pretty crafty himself. Matt Murray's numbers are undeniably worse since 2017. Why is that, Army? Is it because Flurry's not there to push him? And what's your overall take on Murray's play during the regular season? 
Yeah, I think he's been up and down. I would say that. I think his play um, during the regular season has been up and down. You know, he's had a good month and then, you know, a few weeks not so great. And, you know, you know the ability for Jari to step in and have the season that he was able to have in absence of Murray a few times, um, I think has been obviously uh, great for the Penguins. Uh, but at the end of the day, I look at Murray and I, and I know, um, you know, whether he lets in a weak goal early or not, I feel like he gets better as the game goes on. And the thing about Murray that I really like is he's, he's proved over time that he's just a big game guy. Like he's a guy that can come in under pressure. He's a guy that can come in also, you know, you look at the, you know, when Flurry was out after, who they knock out Washington a few years ago. Um, and then they, you know, the, the last two series, they came back with Murray on the way to the, to a, right. They went back to Murray in the middle of the Ottawa series. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, to be able to do that with everything kind of around it and, and kind of the monstrosity that is Mark Andre Fleury in this market. Um, and to be able to come in and, you know, play the kind of hockey that he did all the way to the end as well, just shows, I think he, you know, I think he's a big game guy. I think he's a big moment guy as well. Like when he, you know, he's a guy that, you know, in a, in a three, three game, everyone will complain that the three goals that he may have let in or two of the three that he let in. But when he needs to make those extra saves, when it's on the line, he's a guy that seems to get it done in those situations. And, you know, I think the pens can hang their hat with the style of game that they want to play or that they look to play, that he could be a guy that can, that can be that guy. So I could see him, I could see him uh, being the guy right off the start here. Um, but pretty comfortable knowing that you have a Tristan Jari in the wings. How will Zucker do if he plays with Gino? It seems like Zucker falls through the cracks a lot for a guy as good as he is. We don't talk about him enough. Uh, I, I think one great thing about the guy is he can play with anybody, and, and that applies to Gino too. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? And, and I wrote down the lines that, you know, before coming on with you, and I was just looking. Uh, you mentioned this, like, on paper, the depth of this team is is healthy. The, the depth of this team is incredible, and, and you said likely maybe the great, the best team in the in the playoffs going into the playoffs on paper. And um, you know, and I think Zucker is a guy like you mentioned, just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I, when I was writing it down, I was like, oh yeah, they have Zucker. <laughs> he's one of those guys, but a guy his skating, his speed. Um, you know, he's a great you know one you know couple passes, but mostly attack off the rush type of guy. A guy gets in a position to shoot, can unleash a, a bomb. Um, and I think playing with a guy like Gino who can really, you know, carry the mail, um, you know, can take over shifts on his own up the middle like he does, for a guy like Zucker to kind of play off of that uh, will be really good. Now, if you if you see Rust on the line with those two guys, you, you know, you, you have those one-two punches. It's pretty cool to have a guy that's kind of that, you know, accent piece to that line being a Jason Zucker with the ability to produce, make plays, and the shot that he possesses off the attack, off the rush, um, you know, maybe an X factor for that line. We're talking to Colby Armstrong, ex Penguin. He's brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Uh, who do you count on more right now, John Marino or Justin Schultz? Because they've kind of gone in opposite directions. Yeah, and, and you know, I think Schultz has faced a few injuries where he's kind of come back and spun his wheels, getting going a little bit again, and it's it's always. It's always tough in that situation, but I think both guys are different. I think I think Marino is, um, you know, I think he's just I think he's a little bit more superior of a you know two hundred foot defenseman if you want to call it that. And he's, he's you know the ability to calm poise in the offensive zone, and we've seen him even have the ability in a couple you know special team situations 
uh, kill penalties, um, you know, the way he can skate, move the puck, the way he uses his body. Um, you know, there are moments, though, where I, you know, I've got a crush on Schultz on the first unit power play where I see him the way he can work and distribute the puck and his little wrister and shot from the point as well. So I think they both bring something a little differently. I think the healthy Marino with the face fracture and coming back and wearing the bubble for him to have the ability, you know, to, to come back off of that now with a clean slate, um, you know, we're going to see him really shine in the playoffs here. But both guys are super interchangeable, I think, in certain situations as well. I think we'll see them both getting some sniffs second unit power play. I think we'll both see them getting some snips, um, you know, getting tossed around on different pairings, possibly as the playoffs go on as well, depending on performance. Army, here's a question that I don't think anyone knows the answer to. And I think the eight (laughs) teams involved will all have a different answer. Will the top four seeds in each conference take that round robin seriously? Because they should. With reseeding every round, having a number one seed would be gold. It would make the path to the final so much easier. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think I, I'd like to think they would take it seriously when, when you know that the seeding positioning is on the line. I mean, that's pretty serious. That's pretty big time. And I think you know they're not going to take that for granted in those opportunities to play those games. So um, I would think, and it's funny, you know, I saw like the I saw like the hotel structure set up in Toronto where the teams are going to be and. You know, you look at where the Penguins are situated in the hotel room. Like, I look at the other teams that are in that in that same hotel room. It's like all the teams are, I'd expect to have, you know, the decent push through this Eastern Conference. So, um, you know, I think that receding, I think the receding is, is a huge uh, thing for a lot of these top teams, um, especially with, you know, how close a lot of these teams are, really, truly against each other. So... You know, you, you have any advantage you can get, you've got to play for it. And I think the teams will definitely be playing for that. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm just, I can't believe it, Mark. Like, I, like, we're going to get hockey back. We're getting hockey back in a few weeks. I'm hoping. Have I'm certainly hoping. Six, six games a day in a few weeks. Are you kidding me? Well, that was my next question, Army. What about that TV schedule? We're going to see games at noon, two, four, six, eight and 10, it's going to be like March Madness, but better because it's hockey, not basketball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like it's, it's incredible to think, you know, in COVID times that we can get up at the crack of noon and just flip on the tube and we've got hockey until we go to bed again at night. It's going to be an epic first, you know, 14 days of the playoffs during these qualifying rounds to, you know, be engaged and, and see and be able to see this. So, you know, we go from zero to a hundred miles an hour just like that. And I think for the fans, if you're, you know, the hockey fans in all of us, you know, to be able to turn on the TV at noon and be able to cook it straight through the entire day of watching playoff, you know, meaningful hockey. Army, that will be happening crazy. as you describe in this very studio every day. Yeah, I can't. I know. It's going to be unbelievable, won't it? Like, you are going to come on the air. And there are going to be two games, one game done, and another game has just begun, and you're going to be just going through it. It's going to be electric. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, you know, we're going to get sports back. And, you know, like you said, the best of all, we're going to get hockey back. Now, Toronto is going to play at Toronto. Edmonton and mm-hmm. Connor McJesus will play at Edmonton. How much home ice advantage is there in this situation? I'm surprised they didn't put the East teams at Edmonton and the West teams at Toronto. I am too, but thinking about it, I think the time zone thing is 
you know, possibly an issue with some of the Eastern teams starting at 10 o'clock. Well, right, the t- and the TV times uh, broadcast yeah. back east, too. Yeah, and that's, that's, I think that's the issue of why it's stuck. I know there had been talks early that they would switch up or, you know, places would be, uh, uh, you know, certain teams would not play in their home rink. Is there a home ice advantage? I'd like to think so. I think they're, you know, they're all going to be staying in a hotel. But I think the comfort level of being in your own arena is definitely – you know, something that you can use to your advantage. So I think Edmonton and Toronto, does it an advantage? I think, yeah, a little bit. I think it gives you a little bit of advantage, just in comfort. So um, it's interesting how it shook out. It's interesting when TV comes into it and plays into those time zones and, you know, what they initially had thought would probably be better. And if they could have put it in different places where it was more of a neutral time zone, had it worked out a little bit better. But uh, here we are, Toronto and Edmonton. And I guess they're looking over that and saying, here you go, boys. You know, put the sticks in the middle, we'll split them up, and let's play some hockey. I can't wait. Well, now, will the players take the bubble seriously once they get to Toronto and Edmonton? Or will temptation get the better? What would you do if you were in the bubble? Yeah, I would I'd be following the rules. I mean, there's a lot on the line. Fines, draft picks. I think, what, I think I read, who was it, baseball just now? I just read something about baseball a few hours ago where it's like a $700,000, $800,000 fine maybe. And, like, I, I read something maybe even more than that. So there's some penalties in hockey that with, with teams. And I think once the guys are in there, I mean, we're talking about MLB full season of, of being in a bubble. We're talking of playoffs for the Cup. And I think, you know, guys are invested and guys are thrilled at the opportunity, um, you know, to, to be able to get this done, and especially in, in what we're dealing with right now. So I think guys will be on their best behavior. I think teams will be, you know, accountable to each other. I think the rules will be strict. And I think, um, you know, guys will adhere to those rules. I truly believe that. Just, you know, knowing guys in hockey and knowing – you know, our day-to-day lives and the way we operate, the way we do it on the road, the way guys, um, you know, you know, act and follow, you know, just alone our team rules. Um, you know, I think, I think this is obviously more at stake with playoff hockey. So I think, I think they'll get it done. So I don't believe you, Army. I think if, if you were in Toronto in the bubble, you'd go to Zanzibar first chance you got. Hey, well, I'm not going to say I didn't break curfew before, but I mean, it wasn't COVID-19. So... <laughs> <laughs> Army, you are number one. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'll do it. It'll be that much closer to hockey. Absolutely, buddy. Looking forward to it. Thanks for keeping us going all week as well. That is Colby Armstrong. I'm Mark Madden. It's now time for the bonus segment of Ask Mark Anything. Always a lot of fun. Have good calls for Ask Mark Anything. I need to emphasize that more. Good calls. It's like Jimmy Fallon in that uh, movie Fever Pitch. Last year when we had tryouts for JV Baseball, I neglected to mention we wanted good players. Ask Mark Anything, 412, I just quoted a Jimmy Fallon movie, 412-333-WXDX. <clears throat> Time not to Ask Mark Anything, brought to you by Fox Bet. Make the call, download the app today. Adults 21 and over, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go to Zach in Washington. Zach, Ask Mark Anything. Super genius. How's it going? What up? Hey, I was ever wondering, man, if you'd ever consider being a guest commentator at like a Steelers or a Penguins game. Love to see you out there. What do you mean? On the radio, on the TV, uh, on the PA? What do you mean? Uh, on the PA or TV. I think it'd be good to hear your voice down in the burg. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, thank you for saying it would sound nice. 
Let's go to Steve on 79. Steve. Mr. Madden, how's it going? Good. Hey, uh, what's your favorite place to eat in the Greensburg area? There's two of them, and I forget their names. I've done appearances there. If you said their names, I might remember, but there's two places I really love, and I don't have their names right in front of me. Okay. Hey, can I ask you another question? In fact, there's a third place. There's that bar and pizza place. You you come out of the Palace Theater, turn right, and it's like half a block away. Is it Rialto's? I think so, yeah. Okay. Hey, can I ask you another question? Why not? A while ago, I heard you talking about Silver Shores up in Conneaut. It's brilliant, yep. Did you ever go, like, across the street from there? There's a fire hall. It's uh, You could join it. It's open to the public. Very good food. Yeah, I'm not going to join the fire hall at Conneaut Lake, but thank you. I'm sure it's great. Let's go to uh, Buffett in the car. Buffett, ask Mark anything. You're on the air. Hello? You're on the air. Oh, I'm sorry. Good day, sir. I said good day. I actually wanted to ask you about Jimmy Page's Black Beauty and... Jimmy Page's what? His Black Beauty guitar. Okay. And uh, where do you think he's going to remodify it? Because it sounds like uh, he got it back. Remodified to do what? Well, he had had modified it himself. Yeah, this is boring the hell out of me. Let's go to uh, Josiah in the car. Josiah, you're on with Mark. Josiah, you're on the air in three, two, one, go. Okay. Let's go to Matt in South Carolina. Matt. Mark. Uh, Mark anything. Yeah, uh, I know there's no bubble for NFL or Major League Baseball yet, but out of the four sports, if all four of them had a bubble, which team, which sports would have the most trouble with their players and which sport would have the least? Well, two of them don't have a bubble, so I'm not going to predict that. Well, I, yeah, hypothetically, if I they don't deal one. in hypotheticals. Uh, there's no point predicting oh, okay. something that's not going to happen. <laughs> I predict that with the NBA, within two weeks, there will no longer be a bubble. There will be just a bunch of guys in Orlando. Did you see uh, Joel Embiid showed up today in a hazmat suit? He's making fun of it. He's not going to take it seriously. Harden and Westbrook didn't get on the team plane. They're going to arrive on their own. These guys come and go as they please. In a couple weeks with the NBA, there will be no bubble. In a couple weeks after that, there will be no NBA. Let's go to Cleveland. Guy's name's Cleveland. Cleveland in Texas. What's up? Hey, Mark. Good day. What up? Hey, Mark. I wanted to ask you. I heard an interview earlier with the uh, uh, Riverhounds head coach, and I was thinking, do you think Major League Soccer will ever develop a relegation system kind of like what they have in Europe? No. With the lower league? Nope, it'll never happen. Because, because to do that in America, you would have to tell the MLS owners, okay, you paid millions and millions and millions for a franchise, and now you could lose your spot in the major league to an owner who paid 10% of what you paid for his franchise. It'll never, ever happen. That's a good point, but it would definitely make it more exciting. Can I, I, more I disagree. I, why, why does American soccer have to imitate European soccer? Uh, you know what I always cringe at? Like, you know, Inter-Miami because of Inter-Milan. 
real Salt Lake because of Real Madrid. That that is just like admitting your own inferiority complex and even more putting the logo of it on your jersey. I do think it sounds kind of silly. You know like, what? If they wanted, like, real, okay, real Salt Lake. You know what they should have called it? Royal Salt Lake. Oh. Royal Salt Lake or Salt Lake Royals, because Real is royal in Spanish. Yeah, I hear you with that. It does sound kind of silly. Silly. Let's go to Matt in uh, Baldwin. Matt. Hey, Mark. How are you? Terrific. Good. Hey, question for you. I wanted to see, first off, I called before by Colin Kaepernick when he started taking the knee for the national anthem and stuff, and you told me that was his forum to get his message across and stuff yep, like I that. I had no problem with it and still don't. Go ahead. Right. Okay, so... First off, I, I voted for Obama when he was in office. This Second needs to off, really went, pick up in a hurry. You got three seconds to say something interesting. <laughs> okay, where's uh, Black Lives Matter? I mean, where's the racial inequality at in America? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I kind of uh, thought when the cop kneeled on the guy's head till he died, that was a good uh, indicator of uh, the way blacks are treated by police. And that is the basis for the Black Lives Matter movement. And it is accurate and logical. You're obviously democratically ran. No, I've obviously never voted Democrat in my life. But you know what I do know? You know what I do know? You know what I do know, Junior? I know what you don't know. I know what Malcolm Jenkins doesn't know. I know what Deshaun Jackson doesn't know. I know the difference between right and wrong. That's what matters to me. Right and wrong. Not picking sides like I'm choosing up for touch football at recess, which is what this stupid-ass country of ours has done I judge by right and wrong. In closing, GFY. Let's go to Jay in Greensburg. Jay, ask hey, Mark. anything. Hey, Mark, you there? No, no, I left a half an hour ago. Of course awesome. I'm here, you stupid um, idiot. What I do you want? I have a question for you. Um, I'm trying to get my medical card for uh, medical marijuana, and I don't understand the difference between the – you can have it on the state level, but you can't have it on the federal. And you're asking me the difference? Yes, because you can go to the medical marijuana store, and you can buy it, and you can take it home. But once you take it out of the bag, it's therefore illegal. I was wondering if you could explain that. Why is it illegal? Because in the state of Pennsylvania, anything that you can smoke inside your lungs, therefore, is illegal. Can, I, oh, offer yeah, you a, you can, can I offer you a very sincere suggestion? Yes, sir. Just skip right ahead to crack. 412-333-9939. This is the Mark Madden Show. Uh, that crazy guy who plays for Boston, e- Enos Kantner, is that his name? Enos Kantner? He said something hilarious about the bubble. I'll get to that in a second. And we're also going to talk about an amazing thing the people who run the Wimbledon tennis tournament did. That is 30 seconds away here on 105.9 The X.